he's like, this, I don't feel good, but it's not, it's not as bad as Dengue. Dengue, mm-hmm. he like, he was just in bed. I mean, it was really unnerving to watch him. Um, but, you know, having lived overseas and having seen, you know, like malaria and dengue and, you know, known people who have had TB and I'm like, you know, there are lots of things out there. Like coronavirus is new. Like this coronavirus is new. COVID is new. But there are lots of other terrible things out there too. So eventually this will just kind of like people will stop panicking about it. This will just be fold right into one of those other things that are also horrible to get. It's just so weird because it's the first disease that's been hyper politicized. Yes, which is insane, which is unfortunate because I just read something where it said like like a record high 16 percent of Americans don't trust the vaccine or something like that because yeah. of the politics. Well, you know, and I, so it's, it's interesting because when I worked in covert influence, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of thought put into messaging. Right. So when the, all the, the epidemic was going or when the pandemic was going on or is going on, like what bothered me the most was the messaging. Like there, like every country had different messaging and then some of the messaging was terrifying and some of it was not at all help like was like ignoring the fact that anything was going on at all and I'm like where is the messaging that like science is working on it you know we don't have definitive answers we think this is happening you know there's there just wasn't a lot of you know, it's, it's hard when like statements are put out there, like you must wear a mask and you must be six feet apart. Mm. And this is what's going to save you when that's not actually scientific. About the motherfucking bottle shop, nigga, your skin ain't this motherfucking pure and clean and look this motherfucking good, nigga. None of you niggas, nigga. Yeah, I got receipts. Google my name, nigga. By the fact, let's Google my name. Yeah, I oh, let's Google my name, nigga. You Google Whack 100's name. Yeah, bitch ain't done nothing. Yeah, yeah, Google Farrakhan name. Farrakhan ain't done nothing but talk, man. Farrakhan been a good hurt, good talking nigga. The old niggas told us about Farrakhan. Farrakhan wanted to go in entertainment. He couldn't be Malcolm. Yeah, Farrakhan couldn't be Malcolm, nigga. Malcolm was the nigga. Malcolm was the nigga everybody wanted to hear. And guess what? You Muslim niggas ain't got no young niggas. Ain't none but a old ass niggas who done done time. Y'all ain't got nothing. Y'all ain't. The young niggas don't fuck with you Muslim niggas. The young niggas tell you niggas to suck they dick like I'm telling y'all to suck my dick, nigga. And it's big. Nigga jail. Muslim motherfuckers, you don't eat pork, but you eat beef, don't you? Say Muslim, you don't eat pork, but you eat beef, don't you? I'm like them young niggas, eat this beef, nigga. I don't want to hear shit, no nigga, and no bow tie got to say. I don't want to hear shit, talking about no Quran, and I ain't never heard my grandmama and my mama and them say no motherfucking assalamu alaikum. Fuck you, niggas. 
and I don't give a fuck who mad. I've been bad for 43 years. You think you bitch ass niggas should have show up now in 43 years and tell me I ain't bad now? Nigga, my mama them said I was bad. My auntie them said I was bad. I went inside of the Texas Juvenile Justice Department and they said I was bad. The gang said I was bad. The street said I was bad. How the fuck I'm gonna let some bow tie Farrakhan falling motherfucker and some niggas outside my city and my state say I ain't bad. You niggas got to come down here and show me. You niggas got to drive down here and come down here and die trying to show me I ain't bad. Nigga, ain't nobody showed me yet. And I've been talking like this with this kind of mouth, being like this all my life. Just ask anybody. And ain't nobody hit me in this motherfucker yet, nigga. So I'm gonna keep running this motherfucker. Till a nigga hit me, and yeah, and he hit me in my mouth, I'm gonna blink with my eyes, nigga. And I'm gonna write fucking nasty shit, nigga. If I hit nigga, swell my lips up, I write it, nigga. Yeah, I stand on this shit, nigga. You niggas is cowards and won't tell Farrakhan he ain't shit. Nigga, long as I've been living, Farrakhan ain't never came down here and done a motherfucking thing, nigga. And Minister Lee Farrakhan, Mohammed, at Mars number 52, he's scared of white folk. I done watched him and worked with him before. He's scared of white folk, nigga. I done been with him. All these Muslim niggas down here, scared of white folk. And you Muslim niggas scared of white folk. Fuck you talking about. Whack 100 is a suburban nigga. He ain't from no motherfucking L.A. That bitch ass niggas is a suburban nigga, nigga. That bitch ass nigga didn't drop that white boy. That white boy stepped into that punk. You saw that nigga. He kept that long ass motherfucking jab out there. He didn't, nigga... He ain't throw no motherfucking punches like no nigga know how to come from no motherfucking shoulders. Big old bitch. I couldn't be that big. I whooped 10 white boys. Yeah, look at that bitch ass nigga. Yeah, if I was whack 100 side, I'd line 10 white boys up every day. Motherfucker. Yeah, he had that long ass whack 100. You a hoe, nigga. You punk game. And I know about the little girl you was fucking on who didn't have nowhere to stay, that you was sleeping on your couch, that you took from the other woman. She was that woman's order. Nigga, you shot skates up under. You big ugly motherfucker. Any nigga can't grow no gold teeth. Ain't a man. Nigga, you sitting up there with that little thin ass mustache on your face, nigga, with them craters in it. Nigga, like you had a bad case of acne as a little boy. Your skin wasn't pretty like mine. You niggas don't know about wiping your face with baby pee when you're a baby. Muddy and them used to put piss on his face, nigga. When the nigga got through pissing in that diaper as a baby, Muddy and them wiped all the kids' face with it. Everybody had to line up and get their face wiped with a pissy baby diaper. Now you see how pretty this motherfucker's skin is, nigga. Them old niggas knew something. Yeah, yeah, you see how pretty this motherfucker's skin is. Hold on, let me lay roll this motherfucker. Look how that something like this, nigga. Look how that motherfucker, yeah, whack 100. You ain't this motherfucking handsome nigga, big ugly nigga. Yeah, you got to buy pussy or take pussy. I heard about you. I heard about that time y'all was in Phoenix, nigga. You won the game. 
and y'all got to the hotel and the broad didn't want to come up to the room with you. You've been acting like a dickhead with her ever since. She's too yellow and pretty for you, nigga. Yeah, she's fine and pretty. She don't want to give you no pussy. You don't know how to talk. I sat up and listened to you talking on the Gilly the Kid shit. You sound like a nigga that was in fifth grade, special ed, and when you got to seventh grade, they put you in regular classes so you can play football. Nigga, you ain't been able to be educated, nigga. Dumb motherfucker. Yeah, nigga. So whack 100, nigga don't, you talking about, you ain't never, your name ain't never rang in the South, nigga. You scan them punk ass niggas in the industry. You don't got one nigga in California that'll kill behind you. You got to pay a nigga, whack 100. I got some niggas that'll kill behind me for free, nigga. Not just in one state. I got an army behind me, whack 100. You ain't got no army, bitch ass nigga. Farrakhan, I got an army too, nigga. But y'all don't want to go to war with them white boys. Farrakhan, you niggas is pussies. You Muslim niggas is pussies. Y'all talking about coming to do me, but y'all don't want to go storm the capital like them white boys did. Nigga, there go that big dick for you to grab on. You niggas don't eat pork, eat beef then, nigga. And he said in that Quran, what the fuck would you do if we took it away? What would you do if we took away the water? We can cause the earth to swallow you up. Wait until you get to your grave, motherfucker. Okay. Niggas can talk all that shit about me, whites, whoever the fuck. Nigga, Frisco Dom is a dumb motherfucker. I may be a dumb motherfucker, okay, but I believe in God, and I fear what is in the grave that is awaiting my bitch ass, nigga, okay, I'm not gonna play with no shit like that, nigga, or talk about some shit, nigga, that created this entire world and this goddamn universe, motherfucker, so you got some motherfucking balls on you, nigga, to try to talk shit, nigga, to a god that you don't even know if he's sitting there listening to your bitch ass, nigga. So keep on talking shit, nigga. Keep on talking shit, nigga. Okay? But you got to go to that grave. You got to go to that grave. Every motherfucker watching this video got to go to that grave. And you're going to have to face whatever the fuck is waiting for your bitch ass. Okay? And I see a God saying, nigga, all your motherfucking life, you ignored me, motherfucker. You ignored me all your life. Now it is time for me to ignore your bitch ass, nigga. Now. Now. Send your bitch ass to hell, nigga. Ain't no motherfucking hell. I don't believe in it. You'll believe in it when you see it, bitch. You take that, you put it in your motherfucking pipe, and smoke it with your bitch ass. Now what, motherfucker? And on that, yeah. Once they see that it's real, it's legit, and I ain't just talking out my net. Man, they shipping them things off. Now I have to sign a service agreement and all that good stuff, and I was cool and all. But I didn't exchange any money until I got my money from the federal government. Wow! And as soon as they the government got it. They paid you. That's why I had to. That's why I had to be at a net zero because I had to pay 
the uh, authorized retailer. Gotcha. Now, if they, if I put some money up front, then I could have did a net 15 or something like that and waited for it. Right. But, but since, since it was no money exchange, it's basically a handshake and they, they got the valid contract, yeah, I need my money ASAP because I don't want them calling me. You know what I mean? So I was at a net zero. $75,000 to order some iPads, bro. There's more of them out there like that. That's nuts. There's more of them out there like that. Yo, I've made $30,000 a year at the Cheesecake Factory. I had to work 40 hours a week. Jeez. 40 to 50. You was balling. I was at the gas station <laughs> working, <laughs> making less than... <laughs> Yo, I would have took you up. I was at 15000 a year. Half a decade. Come on, man. <laughs> man, yo, switch the sweet guy want this. Newport man want that. You know what I mean? Blow pop kid want this. Like, yo, that's man. crazy. Yeah. Yo, yeah. congrats on your success, I man. I appreciate it, man. That is it. crazy, bro. I think, it's, uh, I think it's important, too, a guy coming from where I come from, with the information that I have, I, I got to I got to share. Because if you listen to how most people talk about government contracting and federal government contracting, they speak of it as if it's a daunting task. Yeah. If it's, like, it's so hard. I definitely think yeah. it sounds scary to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how most people think about it. God, it's not that It's not that difficult. Understand the process. Understand that Everything can be middleman. Mm -hmm. The government allows us to subcontract every single contract that they have. You just got to put the pieces to the puzzle together. What's your vice, man? What now, is your vice? Now is is hooping mm -hmm. and traveling, man. Really? Yeah, hooping and traveling. Like I try to go to places domestically just to see what they hoop game like. The hoop situation. Man, I'm like that. You ain't no hooper, man. Bro. I'm tough. I hit I told you I hit you. I'm like, man, hooping them Jordans. <laughs> when you leaving? I can stick around, man. Hold on, bro. <laughs> nah, we, it, it, I can it stick might, around. might have to get funky out here, man. Let me I can, I can stick around. Okay. We might be on the uh Okay. <laughs> Set it up. Set it up. Well, you might have just set that up. Set it up. Is he nice, Jose? You ever seen it? Yeah. yeah he showed up to the gym in like these jeans and uh and harachis. It was oh, crazy. No. It was like there's like sweatpant jeans or something like that. I'm like, yo, Jose, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> so uh nah, all right. So um travel do you travel with your wife a lot? Uh, dang, that's not, crazy. Well, not. Dang, that's. <laughs> said, oh, I yeah. mean. I mean, you gotta that understand. That, that's why I surprised you. That's my thing. I yeah, gotta yeah, get away. Got, but you got peep game too. People are calling me to, to come out there to teach them my process. Oh. So I'm going out there to work, right? So I'm going out there to work. You two, pull up on your days. students? Yeah, pull up on them, yeah. I mean, not just everybody gets the Not course. everybody, yeah, yeah. Not every, I don't pull up on everybody, but. If it's a group six or more, I'm pulling up. Oh, so if it's like a group of six people that got the course or whatever. Yep. And they say, and hey, they we city. need higher education. Or they say, we purchased the course, but we want you to 
actually come out here and teach us real time too, I'm dead. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it, man. Yo, the, the, so there will be a link in the um, in, a, in our description, and you can use promo code Social Proof. Again, I don't know how much it's going to be. I'm going to negotiate. Be good at negotiating, so I got it. We're going to negotiate the I'm biggest discount. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good negotiator. We're going to negotiate the biggest discount possible. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, man, let's 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 try to set up these little meetups, man. Especially if gr- that's dope because like groups can get together and kind of iron sharpens iron. That's what you I'm feel saying. me. That's what I'm saying. I, and that's why I told you, like, I can speak about it all day long, but when you bring somebody else in that's actually listened to the information, understood the process, and received the result, right? It ain't nothing better than that. It's nothing, it's nothing but, like, I get overwhelmed when my students say, I won my first federal contract. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Knowing that it took me three years with no help. Yeah. And now I'm able to help people condense their time frames. Yeah. I just get excited, man. Yeah, that's yeah. lit. Yeah. And I think it's lit because you got rich from government contracting. And then now it's not like, yo, the... The money people pay for the program is is not your funding your lifestyle. Right, it's like yeah. you you're really like just giving a blueprint for us, right? Us, right. our people, peep game, clubhouse people. Will reach out to me off of a clubhouse meeting room, mm-hmm. and they ask for phone calls. Oh, can I talk to you for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes? They instantly say, "How much do you charge for a phone?" I'm like, "What?" People charge you to talk to them real quick. Like, I'm pulling up on the phone like, uh, just, just wait after this interview, uh, brother. All right, talk to him. Talk to him about your it. Your tone is going to change. Because it's going to be overwhelming. When and it gets to that point, like, when it seriously gets overwhelming, then, yeah, I got to But maybe I have, like, group. So Okay, but, so. That's, but that's what I'm saying. But this is how I just feel like sometimes somebody might just need a couple of minutes with somebody to get them to their next level. Yeah. You feel me? Because I feel like I needed that. Yeah. I just needed somebody to just say, hey, man, give me 10 minutes of your time. I can get you to your next level. Services every motherfucking Friday. You niggas ain't no real motherfucking Muslim till you can put a bomb on your back and one of you niggas blow your ass up. Nigga, them the real motherfucking Muslim. Until you niggas blow your ass up, fuck you niggas. I ain't scared of now motherfucking Muslim that's part of a Muslim group and they ain't on the white boys' terrorist list over there in Cuba at the Guantanamo Bay facility. Yeah, you niggas go to federal prison. Fuck you niggas. All you niggas went to federal prison did what that white boy said do and you nigga cry like a motherfucker in that federal penitentiary system nigga and you left your kids behind here I ain't never left my kids out here with this big old dick nigga. I'm saying I, only reason I'm saying this I'm saying that you old gang cause 33 you ain't damn ain't nobody talked to you when you was 20 something 15. What you do with the 15, gang? No, it was around Christmas time. I was supposed to around that time. So I, I put it to... I ain't flipped that shit. I just... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So you just finesse. I could have so, so you just, so you just fucked they fifteen hundred off. Like man, fuck credit and everything. Huh? Hey, look, look, let me yeah, ask I'm you good. something. So the reason, do you understand the reason why the bank gave you that fifteen hundred? Nah, cause they, they, it was like, it was like long. I went to the ATM. You feel me? This how I started off. I took a couple hundred out. I'm like, damn. Then I came back, took a couple hundred more. I'm like, then I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna run it up in this bitch. Right. I'm like, so did you? So, so you took a. So now, let me tell you why they gave you the fifteen hundred. They gave you your fifteen hundred dollars because they knew you was gonna fuck it off. And guess what you did? I fucked that shit off. You fucked it off. <laughs> Is it, listen, <laughs> listen, bro. You did exactly what they thought you was going to do. You could have been... See, this how you finesse. What you should have did, you should have just went on... Bro, is watching us, homie. We ain't got no gladiators. We got Floyd Mayweather fighting Paul Logan. Man, we ain't got no niggas looking strong nowhere, homie. <coughs> we got a gay nigga fighting a begging nigga. Homie, the world, nigga, them Russians looking at us, everybody think they can whoop us now, homie. Man, the Mexicans calling us, yeah, we saying nigga, and ain't nothing y'all can do about it. The Asians saying, yeah, we using the word nigga. I dare y'all to say something. You see how much hate I'm getting from the Asian community. They disrespecting me publicly, calling me all kind of, and ain't no nigga saying, man, let's go to war with them Asians. Nigga, we looking weak. Our kids will be spit on, homie. Our kids will be treated like their ancestors 20 years from now. A motherfucker with me and your skin that look like me and you will be spit on by all these other ethnicities <clears throat> in this country, homie. <clears throat> we have to go beg. We got to go to them for our clothes. We eat at their restaurants. I ain't never in my life ate Chinese food. Never. I ain't never ate no other kind of food, homie. And you never ate Chinese I food? I never ate Chinese food, ever in my life. Is it because you think they use I was raised or... not to eat them people's food. Man, my grandmama and them taught us. Man, them people, no. They'll spit in your food. Man, them people don't. Okay, I need a joy. <laughs> so, I know we did. I know you, you got me. You got me. I'm in. Okay, I'm just going to wait till you give me the promo code that you give it everybody else. <laughs> but, I, yo, count me in. Okay, listen. I will be in orientation with you. Okay, so let's join this thing together. Let's, uh, let's graduate together. You know what I'm saying? Let's graduate through the ranks by building seven, eight, ten uh, figure businesses. So, all right, cool. I'm a, I got I to do a quick commercial. Okay, right, let's go. Because um, this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup. TheMorningMeetup.com. It's the only community that gathers every single day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Suspect so what we do is every, mo every month we have a theme. So this month the theme is The Millionaire Mindset. And we're interviewing millionaires. I was going to ask you, but it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Where you at? But we have a lot of people from Cali. Mm. But you be on Clubhouse till 3 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> I go to sleep when you 
You got to get me soon as soon as I'm about to go to sleep for yeah, a quick 30. You gotta sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've just been interviewing millionaires, like just mm-hmm. to identify how you think. And we came to the conclusion, man, you all think differently. Mm-hmm. You see things differently. You see stuff in pictures. <laughs> you, you still got to explain the picture thing, man. Yo, I'm still um, trying to figure out that that absolutely. analogy. So, um, um, so some people's minds are very cloudy. And it, it, it's clouded with, um, with all the stuff from the day, all the stuff we see on Instagram, all the, like, I can't really see the whole picture on how this thing's working out. And I get super frustrated because I don't see the finish line. Mm. But if you can see the whole picture, you can see all the trees. You can see the sky is blue. You can see there's a car that's red. You can see, like, everything that's in this picture and even before it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So you can put it together and say, hold on. There's a picture I see in my head of how this thing's supposed to work out. But what's going on right now, that red car that's in the picture in my head, it's not there. We need to put it there. Mm -hmm. Meaning... I see in the picture, we're supposed to be, first year, we're supposed to be at um, $100,000 a month. We're not there. What do we have to do to make sure what I see in reality looks like the picture in my head? Mm. And I'm working on that. I'm working on completing the vision and, and being able to see what's, what's missing in reality mm. versus the dream. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm foggy because I need to be at the court. <laughs> 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 I need to be See? in the class. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. You got to get in there, 100%, man. 100%. You, gotta, you know, the way you come in is the way that you leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, come in, ready to go. And for the sake of That's this it. particular commercial, the morning meetup is the yeah. best way to be in a group. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, but just keeping it, uh, I, I want to be clear. I'm an amazing coach, okay? However, we've uh, we built some really good things. But I, I always think, um, even I was talking to you, you was like, yo, I don't feel like I really made it yet. And I, no matter what level you're on, we had this debate that I don't feel like there's a moment. There's not like this big moment where you feel like you made it because whatever you're doing right now, when you're looking at the masterpiece and the Jeff Hoffmans, mm-hmm. you may feel accomplished, but you feel like there's more in you because Jeff is pulling you, right? And by the time you get to where Jeff is, Jeff might be somewhere different, and you're like, "Ain't he's no like catching Jeff. Jeff." Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, nah, yeah. spec, there's there, there's more in there." So yeah. Jeff, like Jeff, is the reason why we can print out boarding passes. Like, he invented that. What? Yeah. He invented the machine that prints out the board pass. He invented that whole system. People used to have to wait in a long line to wait to the counter to get their boarding pass before he invented those little kiosks. What? Yes. He introduced me to Jeff. Can I get him on the podcast? I think about that. You said you got to ask. <laughs> and I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be persistent. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get him in my network. <laughs> Anyway, go to TheMorningMeetup.com. You can join me, my successful friends, and hundreds, literally every morning is hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs that are gathering 
every single day. And every month we have a theme, every book. I mean, every month we have a book club. So we just finished Richest Man in Babylon. Mm -hmm. And there are people who haven't read a book ever from cover to cover. Mm -hmm. And because we're breaking it down every day, they're finishing books. It's really, really amazing. So go to themorningmeetup.com. You can start just for, you know, give you a little something special. You can start for just $1. Just $1. Try, test it out. Actually, I think I learned that from you. I did learn that from you. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were on the Power Circle call. Shouts out to the Power Circle. Be a part of the Power Circle. Powercircle.org. Powercircle.org. Power Circles, with an S, because we all in Power Circles. Org. 100%. We were on the call, and you introduced me to the $1 trial. Mm-hmm. You said, yo, you see the freaking picture spec. You said, yo, just give people an opportunity to test it out, mm-hmm. to see if they like it. Mm-hmm. Do the trial for a dollar for seven days. And I said, you you could do that in ClickFunnels? You're like, yes. And you're like, yo, just click here. Da, 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 da. Got it. Yeah. That's why you need to be in the environment. And ever since that, um, we brought in hundreds of people. It's, it's, low, it's low entry. When you can make a consumer come into your element without thinking twice, mm. you won. Because it's nothing going to stop them. When you can remove the resistance, the resistance is either three things. One, they don't see the value. Two, they don't feel like it's a good fit. Three, don't have the finances for it. They don't see the value. They don't feel like it's a good fit or they don't have the money. Exactly. XA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or... Hey, Speck, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and I'm stuck now. You're more satisfied because... We went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. Oh, golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So I have this course— and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it's done now, and uh, we're we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in, like, April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was, I shot it. It's supposed to be ready, like, April, May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. 
Mm. And would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your, your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning and your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on what's what, whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then... You need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, so so tell me about the academy and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because Every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in, (laughs) <laughs> because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I'm a, I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you get your money back. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teach it. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like... Why he's struggling if he if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say my training. Do you think college was worth your investment? I would say 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. 
I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people was like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence. It's just like, I just, I'm just straight to it. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Success leave breadcrumbs. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. So normally, if, if, if they're bargaining against, the, if they're loaning you money against a certain rate or a market, and right now markets are like zero, so you should get really good loans. I mean, you know, but they're not going to give away the farm, you know. I mean, I don't know what your assets are. It all matters. But um, you should definitely... Uh, Try to bargain with every bank. You know, don't be afraid to bargain and don't be afraid to get a second opinion because then you can play them against each other. <clears throat> but it didn't seem unreasonable what they're asking. I don't know what your assets are, but, you know. All right, good luck. You have a call. We have a call. I don't believe it. Somebody's calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are I you today? It's Ben. How's it going? Good. good, good. What can we do for you? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm actually from Toronto, uh, and I worked in a, uh, an investment shop in real estate here for the last four or five years. I got together, uh, with a partner that's going to provide uh, a significant amount of capital as well as debt for us to start buying U.S. multifamily assets. And so the first place we started looking, uh, was in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg, and I wasn't sure... We're, we're looking at either uh, larger assets, like 100 to 200 doors at a time, or we're going to buy like a large number of kind of 10, 10 to 20 unit assets. Uh, and I was curious, you know, for multi-family deals, what you would suggest. Listen, don't come over here to St. Pete trying to buy my goddamn deals up. You stay in Toronto and buy some shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Corrado, Canada people got watching this. That's humor like ours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to come over to St. Pete and buy up some of this good old American real estate, huh? You know why? Yeah. You know why everybody wants to come here? Tell them why you uh, can't buy it in Toronto. Uh, all the upside is priced in, and we have red controls. It's called socialism, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is 58%. Well, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate, I mean, and, and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table, you know. But, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Uh, 
you know, all the big, you used to, you know who the brokers are? Uh, yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I have some connections at, uh, Seabury and Abenson Young. Well, that's so it. You just, basically, you got to go around and hit them all. You got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on their websites or whatever or get on their, their, their list that they, they send out every time. But, you know, you already know. You got CBRE. You got Franklin Street. You got Bricadia. You got this guy named, I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete, Jamie May. Jamie May. Uh, he's got stuff that something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them, see if they make sense. But it's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to go on for, but... You know, right now you gotta be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily. You know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I could think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now. Also, you don't want to overpay because you might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon. Yeah, no, of course. All right. Uh, well, good luck to yeah, you. No. And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa near the airport. No, I, w- I will tell you quickly uh, that, you know, uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island in the past, so I was at uh, John's Pass constantly, so I love that place. Well, good. Come back. Spend some money. <laughs> Go Thank on a you. pirate ship. Go parasailing. Go jet skiing. Go on a dolphin tour. Eat in a restaurant, play in the arcade, eat ice cream, have a hot dog. What else? I made the goddamn guy. All right, take care. I made the goddamn guy. He keeps crying to me. He ain't making no money in the yogurt place. I personally bring him. I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put him, give the guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both, they both bring him one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell them out the goddamn window of John's Pass, and make some money. And I twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot dog. And he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint. Anyway. And they did sell some. Delicious. They sold some. You with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a freaking sign, hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the bun's another 10. He's into the whole thing for 30, 40 cents with mustard and relish. He can sell for 10 times that. Aaron, you're going over there selling hot dogs this weekend at John's Pass. I'm going to buy you a hot dog cart. That's what I'm going to do. Aaron's Hot Dogs. Aaron's Aaron's (laughs) Jewish Hot Dogs. All right. What else we got? We got some Super Chats. Super Chats. Shout out to iFix Boats. Who? iFix Boats. iFix Boats. Hopefully my boat don't need no fixing. We fixed it. 
Oh shit, I still got a boat for sale. Yeah. Now I had to move it over to that guy. Oh, that was a disaster. Trying to move the guy. The best 125 ever. Oh, so your profit 125. Yeah, to me, yeah. It was the best 125 ever. Because I ain't do nothing for it. Well, obviously, I worked for it, you know, yeah. making the phone calls, reading the documents and stuff like that. But What was the contract? Grease traps. I didn't even know what it was. I got eight grease trap contracts right now. I still don't really know what they do. I just know they go to the canteen. They got these big old holes, and they suck grease out of, out of a trap. That's all I know. Like, I, I still don't even see it, but that's the first one I won. 125 bucks. The guy, shout out to Mr. Jacks. He hooked me up. How'd he hook you up? Because he gave me the game. He was like, no, your price is too high. Go back and get me another price. I did that. He said, you didn't even sign these five documents that you got to sign. Go back and sign all five. But guess what? He, the biggest thing he did, you remember when you said, why don't the government just give us the price and then we go from there? He gave me the price. He gave it to me. He's, and they're not supposed to do that. Oh, so he you're said, calling to a relationship with I people. said, I was just rocking with him. He was rocking with me, Mr. Jackson. He was just rocking with me. He gave me the price of how much money they wanted to be allocated towards the contract. Wow. And I just made it that. It was $16,200. So I was like, all right, my quote is for $16,200. Come to find out I was the only company bidding on it. That's why I won. So that's why it was helping me out so much. But I win a lot of contracts so like why, that. But I'm saying, why did you only make 125 Did the company you found, they were too high? I gave the company the budget for the government. I was like, hey, it's $16,200 for the year. Can we make this work? It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to charge you 14000 Yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. You under 16 too? I'm good. <laughs> right. And that's why I messed up it. But yeah. it was the gift and the curse because I won. And then I figured, started to figure stuff out. I, now, after that, though, I didn't win my next one. It took me two months to win my next one. So three years, no contracts. How diligent were you in submitting these contracts over this three years? Was it like, I'm going hard or like yeah. kind of stop and go or what? Your content is terrible. Everything you post, nothing gets likes, nothing gets shares, nothing gets comments. It's terrible. But there's only a couple reasons why you're uh, you're either terrible at creating content or you're not creating content at all. Number one is you don't know what to say. You don't know what you should be putting out. Number two is you don't know how to say it or you don't know how to post. You don't know how to make a video and put words at the top. Number three, you don't understand the importance of creating content. Or number four, you're afraid of something. I don't know if you're afraid of being judged. I don't know if you're afraid of the, the new brand direction that you're going into. I don't know what you're afraid of. You don't like how you look on video. I don't know. But there's four reasons why you're not creating content. And this is why I create, I had the idea to create the content creation boot camp. Okay. People are flying in from all across the country to attend these boot camps, and every single one sells out. Every single content creation boot camp we've had since January has sold out. And this is our fifth one. Okay. So listen, if you want to have content that converts, and you want to be a six-figure content creator. Listen, I built a seven-figure podcast in a very short period of time, and I'm actually teaching the podcast blueprint. 
It's absolutely amazing. Over a three-day period, you can come to Atlanta and see me in person, me and my content creation friends. They're absolutely amazing. Wednesday, all networking event. I paid for Top Golf. I paid for all the food. You just come, network, leave your wallet at home. You're good. You're going to network with other content creators and people that want to create content. Thursday and Friday is a two-day intensive workshop, nine to four, both days. You need to be there. We're going to tackle everything. You will not leave with questions. That's my guarantee to you. You will come and you will not leave with questions unanswered. If that happens or if you have questions, I'm going to sit there as long as I need to to make sure that you're creating the content. You get all your questions answered, all right? So click the link below. I'll see you at the boot camp. The first year was all, I went hard. Mm. I went super hard. Second year, I was scourged. Super self-doubt. I was like, this ain't for me. I was like, I can't even hold a conversation with these people the right way. Um, the third year, my man got out of prison. Oh, your man, <laughs> I was telling you about it. My man got out of prison, and he started to talk about it again, but I told him what I've been doing. I said, bro, this is what I've been doing. I just can't figure it out. Whoop. But, you know, he still really didn't know what to do, but he just gave me the encouragement. He put the battery back in my back, mm. and I just went back hard again. Is he a government contractor now? Yes, sir. That's my boy. Got to put my boy Yo, that's, that's <laughs> lit, though, because he tells you he gets locked up, you go hard, then he comes out, and I guess you teach him I the game. I give him the game. I give him everything that I'm, I've learned to that point. And then when I started to win, you already know I got to get my guy the sauce. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. out of sauce now. So that's that's why you kind of put together like your program. Absolutely, people. yeah. Because you. you know, I I was going through it. The information on um, YouTube was trash. It was literally having me spin my tail around, and I was in the same spot. I just couldn't figure it out. These people talking all these government jargon, mm. which makes it scary. You know what I mean? Like, they're saying all these words that nobody knows what it means. And even if you do go look at the definition, still like, okay, how does that pertain to what I'm trying to do? Because yeah. everybody wants you to do the work. I don't want to do the work. I don't, I did, okay, I didn't have the means to do the work. I had little money, no money, no resources. So I couldn't do it if I tried. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can outsource it. I can have somebody else do it. But everything that I was learning on YouTube was telling me to do the work. And I gotcha. just couldn't vibe with it. Dope. All right, so three years, no contracts. You get one, $125. Well, $25, baby. Next two months. Every time, right? You go 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and you come back to the first thing, and you're like, oh, what was I doing again? And it's like this re-entry problem. It's like the re-entry problem is not a problem. It's why you will remember and master it way better. It's forcing you to your brain to kind of go into a different mode. So they so the idea is that yeah, there's a set of things getting access to if learning programming is requires ten thousand hours of mastery and you're in a condition where access to computers is constrained, early access to computers will be an unalloyed advantage, right? But that doesn't mean that there aren't other situations that we can find um, where what looks like we're access to something 
um, preferentially may look advantageous and not be advantageous at all. So my discussion of dyslexia in the book is all about conditions under which dyslexia can, not knowing how to read can be advantageous. Why? Because the strategies that you might follow to work around your reading problem can end up being more helpful to you than reading. So I, I have this long thing about the David Boys, the lawyer who basically can't read and as a result developed an incredible capacity to listen and an incredible memory. If you're a trial lawyer, believe it or not, it's more important to have an amazing memory and be an incredible listener than it is to know how to read. Right? Not if you're a litigator or a corporate lawyer, but if you're a trial lawyer, yeah. Not if you're a sorry, corporate lawyer, but if you're a trial lawyer. So we can clearly, I don't think it's, we can clearly say, look, there are desirable difficulties and there are undesirable difficulties. Um, that said, on a broader macro level, is there a possible contradiction? Yeah. But, so what? Like, we're all, we're all adults. I don't know why people are so terrified of contradiction. I think contradiction is like, it's fine. I mean, I can identify hundreds of contradictions in my own life. All of you can. It's, in fact, I've, I've recently been, I've gotten so interested in this, I've, that I'm doing, I was, been, this next project I'm working on is all about the centrality of contradiction in human behavior. And that instead of, the idea has always been that as human beings what we seek to do is to locate and extinguish contradictions. I think that's nonsense. And there's a lot of very interesting social science research which suggests to the contrary, what we do is we exploit, we aggressively exploit our contradictions. They enable us to do all kinds of, not always good things, um, so I'm very interested in, I was talking about this at lunch, very interested in this notion that um, we are sometimes behave generously or pro-socially pro towards an outsider group in order to justify turning on them in some future situation. And I, the, I have this, this the, the, the incredible example of this is Adolf Eichmann, the architect of the final solution, who spends the 1930s pretending, not even pretending, convincing himself that he's a Zionist. He uh, reads books on Zionism, he goes to Jerusalem, he uh, hangs out with the rabbis of Vienna, he uh, teaches himself Hebrew, and he does this, and what that means is that when it comes time to, and he's responsible in the 30s for deporting thousands of Jews from Vienna to Palestine. What does that do? It enables him, when he, when he turns to exterminating Jews, to be able to say to himself, in his grotesque way, I don't hate Jews. I was deporting them, I was saving them, I was reading Hebrew and going to Jerusalem and, and at one of the death camps that he sets up, he builds a library and he imports Judaica from a prominent Jewish library in Prague. And he would go and visit this place, this grotesque concentration camp, 
and sit in the library and read ancient Hebrew manuscripts, right? He, at his core, this man had a massive contradiction and he wasn't driven to resolve it. He used it to justify everything he did over the course of the war, right? Now that's a horrible, extreme, grotesque example. But my point is that we all have within us these contradictions. And I, I, I think that's part of what it means to be human. And just as you can use contradictions for terrible ends, like Eichmann did, they are also, at the same time, the ways in which we explore new ideas and expose ourselves to risky things and do all kinds of things that are ultimately positive. And if you're not willing to tolerate contradiction um, in your own life, I think you're, you're, you're um, limiting yourself in a certain sense. Um, uh, you're also running, you're running huge risks in being, you know, like Eichmann route is the risky route, right? But at the same time, someone who insists on that everything be absolutely consistent is leading an impoverished life, um, I think. Um, so I, yeah, I try to resolve time. Thank you. Why don't we take one more question? In the context of Google and the innovator's dilemma that you mentioned earlier, when you are a giant, how do you stay a giant and kind of, towards the book, not be slayed by a David? Oh, well. Well, you know you will be, eventually. Right? Um, I mean, give me an example of you know, there is these, what's fascinating about, so in your space, there's kind of IBM, which does this thing which in retrospect seems. And I said, yeah, no, nah, he, he's dope. She said what happened was, she's like, she was looking online for a speaker and she like came across my website and somehow she came to my social media and she connected with you and books you to speak. <laughs> okay. Appreciate that. <laughs> I felt the way. <laughs> She's that looking for a speaker. But then some and I'm a speaker. It, it, this is a, it is a time I'm calling myself a speaker. Like I'm <laughs> get, I'm getting gigs and stuff. How much I, I owe you for that? Yo, yeah, come. I don't know how whatever well, she paid you. I don't remember. Okay. She told me. She said, she was like, Yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website. And she didn't. I don't know. She just slipped up and said it. Like, right. she's like, yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website and you kind of led me to Jeremy and Jeremy came and spoke and it was amazing. I was like, oh, that's what's up. <laughs> Closed my phone. I said, yo, did Jeremy? And then I went on, then I went on your website. I'm like, what is website? Got it. I ain't got it. And then, um, yeah, I felt the way. Because she was That's looking for a speaker. Bro. But now, when you say it right now, mm -hmm. I didn't have a system. It, like, you got a system. Right. You probably had the pics on your website. Right. You probably can mm -hmm. see somebody coming. It's, it's probably speaking directly to her audience. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't have got mad. I should have got E Trade. <laughs> <You're sick. laughs> no doubt. <laughs> for sure. I should have got E Trade. I got yeah. All right. So, um, 
Oh, yeah, because you thought I forgot. What's the system on figuring out how you, but you need help to give birth to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why people get coaches. I've got a mentor in every single company we own. I have a mentor. Mm -hmm. And that's where people go wrong. I have so much purpose. and But I just met with CJ yesterday for two hours. I said at his feet, I'm older than CJ, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I said it to speak because I'm like, yo, bro, give me the game. Like, help me understand. I want to learn from you. I pay Alex Burton 10 grand 